0: Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges, and this is Pastor Cliff's Note. This is a podcast where we are studying the Word of God. We're studying the Bible. Our purpose is to follow Christ. If we desire to follow Christ, we need to look at His Word, the Bible. We're working through a letter of 1 John. This is a letter that the Apostle John wrote to a group of churches in the area of Ephesus toward the end of the first century. This is episode 12. And we are studying just one verse today in 1 John. 1 John 2, verse 18. Let's read the verse. He says, Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. By this we know it is the last hour. Well, this is a pretty powerful verse right here. There's a lot to it. He begins using the term children. He's speaking to the people of the church. He's speaking to the people who are followers of Christ. He's speaking to the people that he has this special relationship with, and he considers people he's spiritually responsible for. So he's giving them some important information, and he's talking about the last hour. Now, what does he mean by the last hour? Often we see terms in the Bible like end times, the idea that it's, it's... the time right before Christ returns and I think that is John's view is that Christ should return pretty soon from our perspective 2000 years later we're saying well it doesn't seem like that now but when we talk about things like the end times what do we really mean Jesus ushered in the kingdom of God when he came and when Jesus ascended to heaven that began the end times So the end times began when Jesus ascended to heaven, and they will continue until Jesus returns. All of that is the end times. And I think John's including that when he says the last hour. We're in a time now where Jesus has come. Jesus has inaugurated the kingdom of God. But Jesus has ascended to heaven, and basically we're living in a time now where we are living with the gospel. We are taking the gospel to the world And the world is opposing the gospel. And these are the end times. And specifically, the last hour. Now, the last hour does not mean the last 60-minute period of the last day. Last hour and end times are probably synonymous here. Now, he talks about Antichrist. You guys have heard that Antichrist is coming. That doesn't sound very smooth. Antichrist is coming? shouldn't he say an antichrist is coming or the antichrist is coming or antichrists are coming he just says antichrist they purposely leave it fuzzy like this because in in the original language there is no the there so he just leaves uh, the English translators have left it somewhat fuzzy because the language is fuzzy so there is antichrist coming and the people that John is writing to have heard it. You've heard that Antichrist is coming and even now many Antichrists have come. And then he wraps it up by this is how we know it's the last hour. We know things are wrapping up because there is so much opposition to Christianity. Well John probably believed that it wouldn't go much longer And from our perspective, obviously, it's been going on ever since. And at times, it ramps up. And we seem to be in a period now where it's ramping up, that the opposition to Christianity is growing. So what does he mean by Antichrist? Well, when we normally think of Antichrist, we think of this figure in Revelation who comes as the final opposition to Christ.
1: Actually, in Revelation,
0: the term Antichrist is not used. The only place you see Antichrist in the Bible is in John's letters, once in uh, 2 John and the others here in First John. So John's the only one who uses the term Antichrist. Now we have similar terms in uh, the Gospels, Mark and, and Matthew, Mark 13, 22, and Matthew 24:24. Jesus' disciples are asking him about the end times. And he says, you'll hear about all these things. You'll hear about wars. You'll hear about unrest. You'll hear about all these things. And one of the things that will happen, there will be many false Christs and false prophets. Now, the, the term that gets translated as false Christ, the Greek word is pseudo Christ, where the word here is the antichrist. The, the Greek is actually literally antichrist. Are they the same thing? Well, they could be. A false Christ would be somebody who comes proclaiming to be Christ but really isn't. And anyone coming to proclaim themselves as Christ is is not because the, the true Christ has already come. But there'll be many people who claim to be Christ throughout history. And there'll be many people opposing Christ throughout history. And that's probably the best descriptor here for antichrist, Someone who is actively opposing Christ. In 2 John, uh, he specifically said that they don't confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Antichrist is someone who's in opposition to Christ. Now we have to remember who it is that John is dealing with, these false teachers. They're saying some very untrue things about Jesus. They're starting to teach this proto-Gnosticism. Gnosticism Gnosticism is not fully developed, but they're teaching the things that will later develop in just a very few short years into full-blown Gnosticism. They're teaching that Jesus was just a man born from Mary and Joseph. At the baptism of Jesus, the Christ Spirit descended upon Jesus and he became the Christ. Then he carried out the ministry of Christ. And then on the cross, as Jesus was dying, the Christ spirit left him. And then Jesus, the man, is the one who died on the cross. Now this is a very anti-biblical, anti-Christian view. But it was being taught by people. And these are the people that John is opposing. These are the people that John is dealing with. And he's referring to them, I think, as Antichrist. That is, they're specifically altering the basic doctrines of Christ. They're changing the reality of who Christ is and what he has done. There is one we actually call the Antichrist. And this is uh, the one we see in Revelation who becomes the the primary figure, kind of the... the uh, the main Antichrist, the final Antichrist, Second Thessalonians refers to the man of lawlessness, and he will actually declare himself to be God. Uh, Mark 13 refers to the the abomination that causes desolation. So there there is in, in the prophecies this this final Antichrist, who we often refer to as the Antichrist. But John's using the term here is any formal opposition to christ specifically denying who christ is denying that jesus is the christ denying that the christ was jesus in the flesh that's the main problem that john is dealing with at this point well, what about us you know we're still in the last hour we're still in the end times We don't throw around the term antichrist much, other than to throw it maybe at a political figure and say this must be the antichrist. But there are still many antichrists, that is those who are formally opposing the basic biblical truths of who Jesus is. What are our big challenges that we face? Gnosticism is still alive in the world, but that's not the big challenge to us in our society. So think about it. What are the big challenges to the basics of Christianity, the basic truths of Christianity that we're dealing with? Some of the popular ones would be the idea of universalism. Everyone goes to heaven. You don't have to confess Jesus as Savior. You don't have to repent of your sin and accept Jesus as Savior in order to go to heaven. Everybody goes to heaven because God loves everybody This is denying everything about Jesus. If everybody goes to heaven, then there's there's no point of faith in Christ because it's taken care of. Everybody gets to go to heaven. A a popular view today is is the idea of pluralism. All religions are basically the same. All religions are trying to guide people to God. They just use different methods, different titles, and different paths to get there. All religions are basically the same in a moral sense. They all have moral teachings. And they're all just trying to reach God in different ways. Well, it sounds nice. It sounds very inclusive. But it also sounds very wrong. And every individual religion would deny that. Uh, Everybody who's a faithful adherent to Islam would, would deny that. Everyone who's a faithful adherent to Hinduism would deny that, and everybody who's a faithful adherent to Christianity would deny that. So all, all of the religions say that's not true, but for someone to stand on the side and say, well, they're all basically the same, it just sounds nice. It just doesn't work in reality. Within Christianity, there's a, a popular uh, mode of teaching that's been around for several years that is incredibly attractive, and that is the word faith movement. And it's very popular on TV. A lot of TV preachers adhere to the word faith movement. But it's actually a very dangerous error to Christianity. Because at its core, it it changes who God is and changes who we are with respect to God. The word faith movement teaches that God is obligated to do what we want. And so it shifts the whole position of authority from uh, God's in charge to I am in charge. And I now tap into the same power that God taps into and God has to do what I say. It's very dangerous because it shifts things around to where my plan is supreme. No longer is God's plan supreme. All of these boil down to the word of God who we understand god to be through his word is the bible the revealed word of god if it is then all of these challenges to christianity must must be sidestepped and the challenge for us is to delve into the word of god and discover what is god's revelation for us well if you reject the word of god what are you left with you're left with yourself And you become the truth by which all things are measured. You become the source of determining what is true and what is not true. Well, well, that would sound okay, baby, for just me. But what about you and I? When my truth doesn't match your truth, who's right? And we can't just say, well, it doesn't matter. We're both right because one of us is going to be wrong. And if it's just my truth versus your truth, in actuality, both of us are wrong. The good news is God has revealed himself. He's given us his word, not as a rule book to hold us down, but as his revelation to us so we can know him. So we can know the problem of sin, know the solution to sin, and know how to live in a relationship with him. He sent Jesus his son, to live on earth amongst us, to live the perfect life, to take the sins of the world upon himself as he died on the cross and because of what he did, offer forgiveness of sin and reconciliation with God. That's the good news of the gospel. And as followers of Christ, we need to look to that word of God, know that word of God. Then we, we can see clearly When people are teaching falsehoods, teaching things that don't line up with the clear word of God, do we need to use the term antichrist? Well, the the term's not important. The, The reality is important. When we see things that are clearly opposed to the truth of God's word, we need to defend the truth of God's word and make sure we are teaching clearly the truth of God's word in our churches, and in our families. Thanks for joining me as we continue to work our way through 1 John. We'll see you next time.